0: Welcome to the Pacific Coast Church Podcast, coming to you from our beloved Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message.
1: Well, here we are. We get to teach together today. We're church online. So excited about that. And the reason why we're only online right now, I mentioned it earlier, is because we're moving. We're moving into a permanent location that you and us, that all of us, we are actually purchasing. We're going to Yay. take ownership yes. of a building. And so we're moving in. And mm-hmm. Ash, I'm excited about that.
0: Oh, I'm so excited too. And maybe you remember the first time, or maybe a recent time, that you've moved somewhere new. Right. I remember us moving into our first home together and I remember thinking I want to meet the neighbors and I want them to get to know us and I want to get to know them and this is going to be so amazing and I remember making a pie because you know I grew up in Georgia that's what you do you got to make something for them to eat and I took it to their front door and I knocked on the door to say hello and we're new to the neighborhood and their response was no thanks
1: (laughs) I remember that it's like
0: I was devastated. <laughs> they didn't want my pie. they didn't no. want to get to I was like, oh no. okay. Well, we're not encountering that here, friends. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to share that. But no, the whole idea is that with moving into a brand new, home Mm -hmm. right a brand new neighborhood it's still Tacoma but it's a new neighborhood it's a few miles away right we're so excited to get to know everyone but also there'll be a lot of people that maybe want to get to know us as a church not just me and JF I'm talking about all of us and with that that's had us praying about and thinking about who we really are Mm -hmm. and what we believe. Mm -hmm. And really making sure that we all are on the same page with uh, what we believe and who we are. And really kind of recapping some of our basic tenets of our faith and our beliefs as a church. And so the next few weeks, while we're just online only, we're going to do something this is all about stewardship right the whole reason that we're online only is to steward the funds that are coming in in the best way that we can but we're also going to steward this time that we have online in the best way we can so here's what's so cool we're going to walk through the beliefs that we have in our growth track and not only will be we be able to kind of cover them as a church in this series called we believe you get it and not only will we cover it as a series but we'll also be able to utilize the videos in the future Mm -hmm. as new people come through growth track instead of us reading out all the beliefs to them. We don't really do that in the class itself, but they'd be able to watch these videos of these teachings and learn more in depth about what we believe.
1: This week we're kind of uh, basing this off an encounter that I had uh, a few years ago. Um, I was in a, you know, it was a, a coming out of a football game, if I can remember exactly what the, what the thing was. But um, we've, we've all seen those like street preachers, yes. if you will. They yes. had, some of them have all kinds of different signs, turn and burn, uh, you know, what, repent, all this stuff. You're going to hell. Um, you know, all, from all, you know, some of them are very kind and, and doing many. their thing, but not many of them, <laughs> them are. But I, I'm just telling you, you know the scene, right? And so I was walking along. And there was this one guy with a huge sign. And he was saying this verse out of the book of Mark over and over again. He was saying, repent and receive the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. Okay. And then he would say it again. Repent and receive the kingdom of God is at He would just over and over again. Yeah. And so I went up to him finally. And, and I was like, hey, man, I, I noticed... Your sign I hear what you're saying can you tell me a little bit about that and once again he said <laughs> repent and receive the gospel the kingdom of God is it of course he was quoting Mark 1 chapter 15 that's Jesus sure Jesus sure. himself is yeah. actually giving this and 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 I came to the final conclusion that He really didn't totally understand what he was even saying, let alone what he even really believed.
0: A hundred (laughs) percent. And I think there's so many individuals that deal with that, not on the street corner necessarily, but there's a lot of times that we know that we believe things, but it's a little bit difficult to articulate maybe what we believe. And so our prayer is that... This series will help even with that. Um, We do wanna give you a few disclaimers. Um, We're pastors. Mm. We're not expert theologians, okay? Um, We also don't have degrees in apologetics. (laughs) That's not what we're passionate about. Um, At the end of the day, we're not gonna get into a war with anyone Mm -mm. over any of these issues we also are still being transformed by the Holy Spirit in our beliefs and in our understanding and we believe that we will continue to be transformed maybe the word is sanctified that's one of those churchy words Uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to grow us until we see Jesus face to face and so Like I said, the series is going to be called We Believe, and we're just going to walk through. Instead of like points um, of a sermon, we're going to walk through some of the tenets of our faith, and we're going to walk through the way that they're articulated in our church bylaws, Mm -hmm. which um, can be kind of churchy, almost... um, legal jargon sounding but we want to break it down so that um it not only can be understood but it also can be communicated
1: yeah and so the very first uh topic that we want to hit on the area of what we believe it uh, pertains to the holy bible now we're actually i'm gonna we're gonna put up Um, our our, uh, description of, if you will, of what we believe about the Holy Bible. Mm -hmm. You're gonna see it on the screen, and you'll also see it in the growth track uh, handbook that we pass out. So I'm literally just gonna read this, and you can follow along. This is what we believe about the Holy Holy Bible. We believe Mm -hmm. in the verbal inspiration of the accepted canon of the scriptures as originally given, and that they are infallible and uniquely authoritative and free from error of any sort in all matters with which they deal, including scientific and historical as well as moral and theological matters. And this is connected to 1 Timothy 3.16 and 1 Corinthians 2 verse 13.
0: Okay, that sounded really intelligent. Did you like that? I'm so impressed. Uh, But what the heck does that even mean, right? Okay, we're going to break it down together. Let's go back to what you read and take it piece by piece. Okay, we believe in the verbal inspiration of the accepted canon. Okay, stop there. Verbal inspiration. What does that mean? We believe that literally the Holy Spirit spoke every word of every part of the accepted canon man there's so much there okay the accepted canon we all understand or we should hopefully we understand that every single book of scripture became a canon Mm -hmm. or canonical meaning that we believe that it is truly the inerrant word of God spoken from the holy spirit those are the books that are accepted by there were councils Mm -hmm. right many 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 years ago councils that met together again we believe inspired by the holy spirit to come together and review these books and decide which ones became the canon of scripture Okay? And when we say we believe in the verbal inspiration, we believe that the Holy Spirit really truly gave every single individual that wrote those each and every word, mm-hmm. right? Okay. We believe in the verbal inspiration of the accepted canon of scriptures as originally given. Originally given. We're coming back to that. That's a really important phrase. And that they are infallible. What does infallible mean? It means there's no errors. There's no fault in it at all. And they're uniquely authoritative. What does that mean? It means there's power. There's Holy Spirit divine power in every single word. And free from error, that's a little bit redundant, but I like that we're qualifying that, right? Of any sort in all matters, right? It doesn't have any errors in any matters in which they deal, including, and I love this part. This was really important to me. Um, including scientific matters including historical matters as well as moral and theological matters okay I want to go back to that phrase that we believe that scripture has no error in the form that it was originally given scripture can be fully inerrant and yet translations because It involves a human looking at the original language and powering through language barriers and utilizing filters like worldview and culture and scope. There can be errors in that. In fact, we know that certain translations and probably all translations outside of the original language have some sort of errors. That's part of why it's so important to understand the translation right. that you're reading and where it was derived, when it was derived, from whom it was derived, and and not just study one translation, but do as much as we can to continually go back to the original language.
1: Yeah, and specifically in, when it pertains to the New Testament, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, When it pertains to the gospel, yeah. um, uh, The question is, well, is the Bible true? Well, I guess the question also, if you want to add to that, is, well, if if the Bible isn't true, Mm -hmm. then why is it that millions of people throughout history have given their lives Mm -hmm. for a lie, if yeah. you will, including Jesus' own disciples and his apostles. In fact, I, I was even studying earlier this week some of the different ways the apostles and the, the disciples died, and I just wanna, I wanted to let you know like just how gruesome some of these deaths were. That these folks were dying because they believed so much in the Word of God. Matthew was killed by a sword. Mark died after being dragged by horses, dragged to horses to his death. Luke was hanged in Greece. John was boiled in hot oil, managed to survive, and then he was exiled to an island. Peter was crucified upside down on a cross. James, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, was thrown off the top of the temple he somehow survived when they got to the bottom of the of, of, to the, bottom of the There he was still alive. And they beat him to death. James, the son of Zebedee, was beheaded. Bartholomew was beaten to death with whips. Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross in Greece. And when he was being led to the cross, Andrew saluted the cross. And he said this. He says, I have long desired and expected this happy hour. The cross has been consecrated by the body of Christ hanging on it and and he continued to preach while hanging on a cross until he died. Thomas was stabbed with a spear and he died. Jude was killed with arrows and he refused to, to deny Christ while he's bleeding out. Matthias was stoned and then he was beheaded. Paul was tortured and then beheaded. I am telling you my friends, Why would all of these people die such gruesome deaths if it was just all a lie? If the Word of God was just some book shoved up in some library? We believe this, and we are passionate about this. Mm -hmm. And that's really just kind of an overview of this section on the Holy Bible as it pertains to Pacific Coast Church.
0: Yeah. Aren't you ready to sign up for Christianity? (laughs) (laughs) It's wild, but we, you know, there are times, though, it's important to to re um to remember and to reevaluate what we've signed up for yeah, totally on on a consistent basis because there are times i'm guilty of this that that i'll have a tough day first world problems right and and maybe the lord and i will have kind of a yelling match and then but when you go back to the totally. original disciples and look <laughs> at how how their lives even ended you're like just kidding, Lord. I'm so grateful. I'm so blessed, right? I mean, it's, for me, it's really important. And I think at the end of the day, too, um, we weren't going to even read scriptures because it's a, a ridiculous cycle of logic to say, well, here's the scripture. That's why we believe that scripture is inerrant. Like, at the end of the day, we choose to believe this and because we believe this the rest of what we're going to talk about will make more sense and if you're looking for a faith of total certainty this is not it yeah that's not what scripture requires of us it is um it is a religion of faith and and it's a religion of experience and once we have experienced the power of god in our lives the belief part so much easier at least at least for me and that leads us into the very next section so the first was talking about scripture now we want to talk about the Trinity and I want to read what our bylaws our doctrine uh, says about the Trinity we believe in the eternal Godhead who has revealed himself as one God existing in three persons the father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are distinguishable, but also indivisible. I ran across this graphic that I'm gonna have the team toss on the screen because I feel like it's a beautiful picture of how each part of the Godhead is individual but also indivisible. Mm -hmm. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. But they are all three, 100% God, reigning in perfect unity. And there's so much power to that beautiful picture. But it's important for you to understand that we believe, what I said, three persons reigning in perfect unity as God there are certain even sects of christianity certain um factions of christianity that believe that there's the father and then the son and the holy spirit are maybe lower or there's one that that lifts maybe jesus above the father and the holy spirit we don't believe that Mm -hmm. we believe that they reign in perfect unity That there is not one above the other, that they are unified as the Godhead, each having very specific roles in our lives. And there are scriptures that actually allude to that.
1: Yeah, Matthew 28, verse 19, you'll see it on the screen. This is Jesus talking, and he's giving instructions to you and me, his disciples right here. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So right there we see that that depiction of the Trinity, the three in one right there. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So right there, uh, Paul's talking to the church in Corinth and he's specifically calling out uh, Mm -hmm. the Trinity. He mentions Jesus Christ. He mentions the Father and he mentions the Holy Spirit that all come together as God, this three in one, the Trinity.
0: And we'll teach on that. Oh yeah. Even more in in the middle of a series. It is such a complex yeah. idea. There's so much to impact there about as you're reading, the grace of of that comes from Jesus, the Mm. love that comes from the Father, the fellowship, right? The um, transformation that comes from the Holy Spirit. There's so much there, absolutely. and we don't have time today, but we will do another series on that soon. The next one we're gonna cover is creation. Mm. And this is one of my favorite ones. Oh man, women, women's Bible study, I'm just saying, I'm praying. Right now, what I'm praying about is between teaching on Genesis and or a teaching on Exodus. I'm just diving into both. And I'm so excited. Yes. Okay. So let's <laughs> read um, the way that it is written in our doctrine. We believe in the creation, the test, and the fall of man as recorded in Genesis, his total spiritual depravity and inability to attain divine righteousness. Okay. So there's two parts here that we want to cover. The first one I'll cover in talking about just creation in general. Mm -hmm. We believe that Genesis 1 is is literal and figurative. Can I say that out
1: loud? Easy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Am I going to get emails? I believe it's 100% literal. And I believe that it's 100% a beautiful poem as well. I believe our God is big enough for it to be both that that one day that is literal in terms of Scripture can also be we know Scripture says one day to us can be something very different like a thousand to the Lord so I want to read Genesis 1 and just unpack a few elements of it that sometimes can be very confusing for people let's go to Genesis 1 and start in verse 1 in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the waters and god said let there be light and there was light okay and then that starts right all of creation. And so there's a couple ways that you can look at this. And I personally have chosen this way to look at it. If you look at it in a different way, I don't think that makes any difference to our salvation, any difference to our fellowship. But I do want to kind of explain this because my kids ask about this a lot. Uh, My kids ask about carbon dating. My kids ask about dinosaurs. Do your kids ask about that? Okay, here's Ashley's theory. I won't even speak for J.F. You can (laughs) ask him later about his theory. Here's my theory. I believe carbon dating is real. I believe that dinosaurs existed, but they existed between verse 1 and verse 2. Can I say that? the idea that the God of the universe has to give us every single detail about everything that happened is honestly narcissistic on our part (laughs) like the idea that we oh well God didn't articulate every detail no no, no. there's a lot going in the universe I'm convinced of that the Lord did not outline to us and still hasn't okay so I believe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth now here's a theory the dinosaurs could have roamed then and then some horrible thing happened to the earth in that part and then it says verse 2 now the earth was formless and empty have you ever known god to create anything that was formless and empty that to me seems like something happened between those two verses again just ashley's theory this is not like a tenet of our faith as a church, but we do believe that the creation story is 100% literal and also 100% a beautiful poem with all sorts of in, uh, imagery that's intertwined. Again, I could teach on it yeah. for days. And just
1: just to, just to uh, piggyback, uh, maybe you believe that you know the seven days were 24 hours, seven days straight, and. Awesome. That, that's great. However you, however you, however yeah. you, you know, process it. all of yeah. it, interpret it. That's totally okay. So that's kind of the creation. Let's jump back and reread uh, what you're going to see there on the screen as really our doctrine connected to our church bylaws. And that is, we believe in the creation, test, and fall of man as recorded in Genesis. His total spiritual depravity and inability to attain to divine righteousness. So it's two part. The first part is the creation part that Ashley just talked about. I want to talk a little bit briefly about what we call the fall of humankind. The fall of humankind. If you continue, you read chapter 1, you read chapter 2. There's a lot of information there. You get to chapter 3. Essentially, there's this tree in the garden uh, that was called the tree of good and evil, the, 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 the knowledge of good and evil. And God told Adam and Eve, listen, you can eat of any of the fruit in the entire garden, but you cannot eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? They said, do not, do not eat that fruit. Well, if you read in Genesis chapter 3, Satan comes along in the form of a serpent and he entices, he goes to Adam and Eve and says, Hey, you can eat of that tree. God's lying to you. If you just eat of that tree, you will become like God. And of course, they disobey God's direction. They eat from that tree. And that, according to the Word of God, according to the Bible, according to Genesis, that is when sin enters the world. And that's what we've, that's what we refer to as the fall of humankind. So now there's this sickness, this disease called sin that has entered the world through the disobedience of me and you through humans. But here is the saving grace that comes from Romans chapter five. This is the good news. This is the gospel. Romans chapter five, starting in verse 12 says this. Therefore, We just talked about it. Just as sin entered the world through one man. Notice how he said man there. Through one man and death through sin. Mm -hmm. And in this way, here it is. Death came to all people because all sinned. All right, so jump to verse 18. This is what happened. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Now, that's kind of wordy. Here's what's going on here. Paul is saying, he is introducing the gospel. Paul is beginning to unpack the good news. And what's the good news? That even while we came into this world, I was born into sin, doomed, right? In trouble, lost, Because of everything Jesus did for us on the cross, giving his life for us, he came and through his sacrifice, his love saved us and rescued us. So through this one act of love by Jesus Christ, humanity now has access to eternal life.
0: Yeah, and that's why we even gather as a church, right? Because it is eternal life, but it's also access to his power. Right here and now and so there's salvation which is our next tenant that we're going to talk about which you've really already covered it's it's perfect Um, but there's also the power of his spirit to live lives on mission Mm -hmm. here and now which we're going to talk about next week far more but let's read a tenet on salvation together we believe in the salvation of sinners hello that's us yep by grace through repentance and faith in the perfect and sufficient work of the cross of Calvary by which we obtain remission of sins that's a lot of churchy words <laughs> yeah. come on but what does it mean that we are saved first of all we're all sinners
1: Exactly. right yeah. we're
0: saved by the grace of god through what jesus did and what we are called to do is to repent admit that we we got an issue right yeah. that we've got this fallen nature admit that we were born into sin admit that we are sinners right repent meaning turn don't just follow the ways of the flesh mm turn to jesus and have faith just believe Mm -hmm. it's exactly what this whole series is talking about we believe and we believe in the perfect and sufficient work of the cross what does that mean that means we understand that we're not even going to get the grace part the repentance part and the faith part right yeah and yet his grace is sufficient what he did is perfect and he knew that we were never going to be perfect until we see him face to face and that is the power of the cross i want to read ephesians 2 starting in verse 8 for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and it's not from yourselves i think that's so important because even though god calls us to repent he calls us to have faith we still aren't going to hit the bar, right? right? right, And I love that Paul reminds us of this in Ephesians. This is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Again, and he reiterates, Paul's got, he's just a man after my heart. He's like, I know you didn't get it, so I'm gonna say it again. (laughs) Not by works, so that no one can boast. Mm
1: -hmm. Another verse, Romans chapter five, starting in verse eight. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, yeah. before you ever even said yes, mm-hmm. before you even admitted that you'd done something wrong, yeah. while you were in the process of being bad, right. it says, while we were in the middle of that stuff, yeah. Christ died for us. That yeah. is the hope, that is the good news, that is the gospel. Yeah. Uh, verse 9 Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more
0: All reconciliation means is that we're brought back into relationship with the Lord from the very beginning of creation we were created to be in intimate relationship with God and sin created a separation mm-hmm. and now because of what Jesus has done we now have been reconciled meaning we now have that ability to have That relationship with the Lord and the next tenant deals directly with that and it's we we combined two yeah uh, for the sake of time it's Jesus's resurrection and second coming and I'm gonna handle that first part we believe that Christ died for our sins we already covered that Mm -hmm. he was buried but then there's more and he rose again on the third day and personally appeared his disciples this wasn't a theoretical resurrection this was a literal resurrection to the point where he actually appeared to his disciples if you want to reference first corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4 romans 4 25 those will direct you in that same vein but we want you to understand that the power by which we live not only in eternity with him but day to day in his victory, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. in His power, and His glory, is because He didn't just defeat the grave, He rose again. Right. And that point, I think, is so important to keep in the forefront of what we believe.
1: So that's kind of the first part, the resurrection. And then there was the second coming. I don't want to hit on that, but I want to look back at what we've described in our in our doctrine. You'll see it pop up there. It says, now this is the second half of that. It says, we believe in the bodily ascension of Jesus to heaven, his exaltation, and his coming again the second time for the church. There's some references, passages there, John 14, 2 and 3, where Jesus is describing uh, his father's house. In my father's house are many mansions. And he's talking about, he's preparing a place for you and for me to spend eternity with him right. uh, in heaven right and that he's coming back so what's that look like well jesus is is standing on the mount of olives he's with his disciples mm-hmm. he spent he 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 was he was uh, crucified he was he was killed he's put in the grave he comes back to life he spends uh, 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 about a month or so here on earth and lots and lots of people uh, uh, theologians say about at least 500 people documented, saw him in the flesh, resurrected. So here he is, he's resurrected, he's with his disciples, and he begins to ascend. I know it sounds crazy, but he begins to lift up off the ground, and he ascends into heaven. He goes upwards, and while this is taking place, he's giving the great commission. He's saying, Mm -hmm. we just read it a few minutes ago, to go into all the world and to make disciples. That's what he's telling us to do and so now we believe right now so so it says we believe in the bodily ascension of Jesus to heaven so that's what we're talking about he went to heaven yep. his exaltation meaning he is in heaven yeah with the at the right hand of the Father right now and the angels are worshiping God the, yeah. the Trinity right now he's there but here's the second part he's coming again Woo! the second time yeah. for the church yeah. meaning friends as he came As a baby, we just came out of Christmas, Bethlehem, all that stuff. The first time he went to heaven, now he's coming back. Mm -hmm. To do what? To take us home with him. Now, this is where it gets, you get into all kinds of end times and all the apologetics Preach and all, that. And all that. of this is how I, what <laughs> I believe and all the listen just on this kind of conversation here yeah. denominations yes. have been made Churches all over the place split, right? like
0: all the craziness right? yeah. so, so
1: there's there there's yeah. there's one camp that talks that that has a theology of when you die right now yeah. if you remember Jesus is on the cross and 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 the uh, the criminal on one side says lord forgive me of my sins i'm paraphrasing and he says because of your faith um, you're going to you're you're going to meet me essentially he's saying you're going to meet me you're you're going to be with me right after you die. That's kind of the implication. And So because of that, theologians and pastors say that when you die right now, if you were to die, you're gonna meet Jesus instantly. If you believe that, awesome. There's uh, I'm not- also
0: a camp that talks about a comma in the original language that changes that yeah there's all of that
1: okay <laughs> yeah. and so I, I we're not saying we're not here to say this is what we believe and this no. is how it is but there's a camp that believes yeah. that so uh, hey I, that would be awesome i hope i hope that's the case sure. that when, when i die if i were to die god forbid right now i open my my dad used to say that all the time son if something were to happen right now you're going to open your eyes and you're going to be with jesus that's my number one choice by the way okay um but but then there's a, a whole nother camp yeah that really leans into 1st Thessalonians that talked about talks about that when Jesus comes back for the second time mm-hmm. where it talks about the dead in Christ shall rise right. so there's a camp that believes that when you die you go into the grave, your physical body, but your spirit kind of lives in a in a in a sleeping state, sure. if you will. If maybe you've come out of the Catholic Church, they talk about purgatory and all this kind. It's all there's just a lot of different beliefs as to what happens exactly when right. you die and how it connects to the second how it connects to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we're, whatever whatever um, uh, teaching you receive, receive it, right? Receive it, but. No matter where you fall on that, the reality is Jesus is coming back to take us with him, to be with him. And that's really uh, just a very, (laughs) a sliver of the teaching when it comes to Jesus's second coming, the rapture, the rapture. And uh, it could happen in the next five minutes. It could happen a thousand years from now. We do not know. Only Jesus no.
0: And if someone tells you that they know, yeah. there's a big red flag there. <laughs> Scripture talks about that, right? I, I, that makes me think about your grandfather, yeah. Fulton Buntain. Oh, used on. to have this phrase that I've heard over and over. He'd talk about, some people believe in pre-tribulation, meaning that Jesus would come back before the tribulation that's described in scripture and in the end times. And then some people believe in post-tribulation, meaning that that believers will have to go through tribulation and then, uh, then Jesus would come back. Sure. And he, he would say, but I believe in pan-tribulation. And I remember people used to say, well, pastor, what does that mean? And he, he would respond with, it'll all pan out. And I believe that it, he's right. It's all
1: going to pan out one way or another. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And so I just want to encourage you. Yeah. If you are looking for a church that has pastors that will never say, we're not sure or we don't know right. or we're still learning, we're not the church a for wrong you. Wrong church. Yeah. Because we are always learning. We are always allowing the Holy Spirit to mold and shape us. And there's quite a few things in scripture that we don't fully understand in fact there's tons in scripture that we don't fully understand but we just want to invite you on this journey with us and maybe you are at uh, more of a beginner's starting point, or maybe you're not, maybe you just wanna dive deeper. There's a few resources that um, we'd love to connect you with. Um, You can text us, uh, text the word Pacific to 84576. We wanna resource you on the books that we do know are incredibly uh, powerful in helping with this journey. There's also some online resources. One that's like literally my favorite, even to use with my kids, but also advanced theologians, is the Bible Project. If you've never looked at the Bible Project, I want to encourage you to do that. Incredible group of theologians and designers and artists that have come together to create the simplest, most in-depth, but just easy to understand descriptions of all sorts of parts of scripture including um you know actual books of the bible overviews there's it's just such a vast resource we also want you to get excited and pumped with us because once we launch in our new building after Easter, we will be launching specific discipleship classes, and these will be ongoing. We will have classes that are specifically for brand new believers, and then we'll also have, it'll be almost like two um, lanes that you could go in. One uh, with brand new believers that are wanting to just explore, or maybe not even believers yet, but you wanna explore some of the understanding and knowledge of scripture, that will be one lane, and then we will have a lane of discipleship that speaks specifically to people that um, are believers, that are spirit-filled, and that are, are already on mission and want to grow in their leadership and spiritual giftings. And so we are so excited to launch both of those paths and see how they intersect and how they wind and everything that God has in store for us.
1: Yeah. Hey, we're going to uh, pray here in one minute and then, and then we're just going to totally close, wrap it up. But I just want to say one last thing. Uh, we want you to know we truly believe this Yeah. because we are products of this. And that is here, here's one more thing that we believe. We truly believe that God is big enough for your questions.
0: So
1: good. Yep. Oh, God is emotionally stable enough for you to ask questions Mm -hmm. Regarding your faith. He wants your questions. Don't let anyone say that he's not for that. Ask questions. And we want to reiterate that we are a church where questions are allowed.
0: Encouraged. uh,
1: Encouraged. We don't understand this. What do you think about this? Uh, We can continue to unpack this and unpack this. this. I'm struggling with this. this All of that is accepted. Because why? We are all on a journey of faith. Uh, you're looking at two people that are still on that journey. We've got a long way to go. Yeah. And there is, there is grace and, and openness for, for everybody who's either just beginning. Amen. We have saints in our church yeah. that will tell you right now that they are still on the journey. Yes. And so we just wanted to say that I, I want to pray right now. But I want to maybe even right now give somebody, maybe you're watching, and you're ready to uh, say yes to Jesus. Maybe you want to accept the Lord into your life as we are talking through uh, this topic of what we believe specifically regarding the Bible and the, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, all of this, of course, uh, you're talking about hours and hours of teaching that we can unpack, but kind of the gist of it, you're like, yeah, I, w- I wanna say yes to Jesus. As we've entered in, we're just, you know, couple of weeks into the new year 2024 but I want to pray for you and I'm going to give you that opportunity right now so that's you all you have to do is simply just believe John the the book of John talks about the 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 requirement of salvation is just to to say I I believe in Jesus I believe so Lord you you pray a prayer similar like like I'm praying Lord right now I believe in you I believe in you Jesus I believe that you came (laughs) that you that you taught us that you lived a perfect life, and that you died for the sin of humanity. Because we're fallen, you died for us, and you sacrificed, and that type of love allowed me to uh, receive salvation, but not just salvation, healing and restoration and purpose and mission and assignment right here on life and hope. And so, Lord, I just receive that into my life, come into my life, Lord, I believe that you know every detail Mm -hmm. of my life, what I did 10 years ago. God, you know the future of what's gonna happen. And despite all that, you still love me. So I receive you into my life, heal me, touch me. I'm gonna walk with you, talk with you uh, until I see you again, whatever that looks like on the other side of this life. And I believe that you're coming Mm -hmm. back for your church. We thank you. And God, we just take a minute, and we just pray that you would continue to uh, open up doors, specifically financial doors, so that we can uh, close the deal mm-hmm. on this new building. We already, we're already thinking in advance that it's yes, already God. done. Yes. And we've been trusting you from the very almost three years. Every step of the way has yes. been a step of faith. And I want to say thank you, Lord God, for my friends, mm-hmm. my family, Pacific Coast Church that are watching right now. Can't wait to give them physical high fives. Yes just a couple of weeks here, bless them, keep them safe, everything that they've planned for in this new year, let it be so according to your will. We love you, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Ash, closing thoughts. Yeah.
0: Friends, make sure you stay tuned to all things social media, right? Follow us on Instagram. We have TikTok. Yep. We have Facebook. And this is obviously YouTube or Facebook, depending on where you're watching. And as of right now, when we are filming today, you have raised over 400 Thousand dollars toward this down payment and here's what we're gonna do just for the sake of us not being in this space for much longer the train is coming right now (laughs) you can hear it we're gonna let you experience the train coming right now because we're not gonna be filming in this studio much longer (laughs) but we want you to know we are just shy of like a hundred thousand dollars to have this entire down payment, And we know that God's going to do it through you. So if you have decided to give, if you have been thinking about giving, this is when we need you to lean in. Yep. In the next week, in the next week and a half, we need you to lean in now. This is um, what God is calling us to do. And he's calling it of all of us to link arms. So we love you. We thank you. You can give by texting the word donation to 84576. Go online pacificcoast.church. You can mail your checks as always to P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington 98467. We love you. We're excited for next week. The mechanic that's now on the other side of the wall has started working. Do you hear him? You hear that? Yeah. Wait. God's got some good stuff in store. Yeah. Because why? Because we're all stewarding this season as best we can. Right. We love you. We'll see you at noon prayer on wednesday
1: Woo! thanks again for joining us
0: to hear more messages like this one be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more content and to connect with us go to pacificcoast.church